Hey, this is Ron Jossel. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Fobcast. Looking for a fun way to ring in the new year? Don't miss the funniest show in the year. Book for New Year's Eve now at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, Yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. I am back in studio. That's right. Uh, brand new renovated studio. I came back after a week on the road out in BC. And uh, the whole studio, I've got a, a makeover. Thanks to the lovely Marlene. Thank you very much. What a beautiful, beautiful room I'm sitting in right now. The uh, For those of you who have never come out to the studio... Uh, what a fantastic place. We've got TV, we've got posters, we've got the Wall of Fame, we've got the Comedian's Wall of Fame. Everyone signs the wall when they come out, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's a great, great place to be. But yes, back on, uh, back home, back, uh, back in studio, back working uh, behind the old desk here. Uh, and yes, it was a week on the road out in Pender Harbor, went out to the Pender Harbor Resort and Grasshopper Pub, which was uh, probably the most, uh, one of the best shows I've ever put on. Uh, and I knew uh, from the beginning uh, just how important this show was going to be. I got a call from um, uh, the GM out there and said, hey, we're looking to put on a show. What can we do? And I knew because this was going to be their inaugural show. This is going to be their first show. And they really wanted to do it you know, with a huge kick. Uh, out uh, out there in BC and, and to really put on a big show for the community. So I, I said, you know what? There's nobody better right now in my mind that, that we can bring out there on a lineup of availability-wise. Uh, Kathleen McGee headlined it. James Kennedy, the very funny James Kennedy out in Vancouver, uh, uh, was also on the show. And the very funny Todd Ness here in Calgary was out there uh, on the show as well. And, and Todd and I uh, got to uh, work the road on the way home, as, as they say in the business. Uh, which was great. I, we spent a couple days on the road together, and uh, it was a fun time. We got to do a little show in Kelowna on the way back, and um, I got to see Todd work his craft on a couple of shows, and uh, not only out in Pender Harbor, but on the road, and it was just fantastic. It was a good time. So congratulations and big thanks to all of you who were part of that, and of course, the Grasshopper uh, Pub out in Pender Harbor that uh, put on a killer show. We're looking to continue to do shows out there, so uh, uh, be on the lookout for more. This week, folks, we have the very funny, very talented Mr. Paul Can, who is a local amateur comedian in the Calgary community. As you guys know, I love uh, profiling amateurs, and I love uh, you know getting some of their stories and what some of their experiences are. Uh, there's also a new part of the podcast that I have uh, recently developed, and uh, in, in tribute, in homage to uh, the lady who who uh, inspires millions around the world, Oprah Winfrey, I decided to do a Yuck Yucks Masters class. So I get to sit down with uh, comedians who have been in the game, you know, headliners and stuff who have been in the game usually for five years or more, and I get to get their insight and ask all the, uh, you know, dumb questions that people want to ask and maybe the little things that, uh, you know, people want to know all about the comedy business and the industry, and those are going to be made available, I believe, uh, the following week. I get to, I had a little revisit. I went out to Vancouver and I got to hang out with Kathleen McGee and uh, went to her house, sat on the patio, and we uh, sipped some frosty lagers and we did a master's class out there. So all the all the, uh, you know, all the answers you wanted to know and, you know, questions and stuff like that, uh, I am the bonehead vessel in which you can operate through and ask all the, uh, all the dumb questions and stuff that you're embarrassed to do. Because I don't know that much about the comedy business as, uh, you know, being on the comedian end of things. Um, so I figured, why not? Why not talk to some headliners and get some of their experience? Um, and so be on the lookout for that. I'm going to sprinkle those in once in a while, the uh, Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast Master's Class, which will be coming up. But again, this week, the very funny Paul can, we get to sit down and discuss his, his travel, his journey to Canada. Uh, we get to uh, discuss about him opening up a room here in town and, and, uh, and, and all this stuff that goes with it. And, uh, you know, his experience on the local scene, I got to know Paul during the yuck yucks, uh, uh, comedy competition. And, uh, you know, he, he did really, really well. And I know that, uh, you know, this was uh, really his first steps back into comedy and, you know, getting up and stand up and stuff like that. And, and he is, uh, 
you know, obviously uh, surprised a lot of people uh, locally and just how fast that he's been able to uh, to grow in the comedy business and how well he's doing. So uh, I thought, uh, hey, this would be a fantastic interview to sit down with Paul and, and to get his backstory. And, and he's just a great guy, fascinating guy. And uh, we have a great chat. Laughed it up quite a bit. And uh, I think he's a natural at this whole podcast. I better watch my back, man. We got some good... We got some good, some really good people out there that are that are natural at podcasting, and uh, I don't want to lose my job. So anyway, folks, uh, lots of great episodes coming up. As I said, Kathleen McGee, we get to sit down again next week and revisit our first uh, interview, and again uh, sprinkle in a little bit of master's class with it, uh, and tons more interviews uh, coming your way. And uh, in the meantime, though, let's go talk to my buddy, Mister Paul Can. But like, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't, sometimes I'm just ignorant with shit. Like I'll, uh, I'll go to the store just because it, not that like it looks good, mm. but I don't check the specs on stuff. Does where that make you, sense? Where were you when I was working at Future Show? <laughs> yeah, I can see this sucker coming I a mile away. that commission. <laughs> I was starving. How does that work anyway? Go ahead and move up to the mic a bit there. Yeah, you can adjust it. Is that there okay? You. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, so, uh. Yeah, no, yeah, you're good, man. You're good. All right. Uh, so, what, you, you worked at Future Shop or what? Yeah, I did, yeah. Did the, you? Um, the first year I came to Canada, um, I didn't have a job to come to. Right. So, um, uh, and I didn't really understand about networking so much, that, that right. how in, more important it is in North America than it is uh, in Britain. So, right. Uh, I thought naively I just, you know, put my resume on a few websites and they'll, you know, I'll get a cord within a second and that didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I went to work in some warehouses down the southeast. I worked at Radio Shack when it was Radio Shack. And then, but like, but you've, you've got, you've got education, like you've got yeah. training. You came over here right. with, you just couldn't get into the job mm. market right, like right away. Were you looking for just something to do like right off the bat? I was, yeah. Essentially, yeah, but there was, there was that, and also getting some um, uh, credit history, right? Which, right. You know, it. Uh, yeah, I had a career in the UK, and uh, so you know, I got a degree in computer science. But right. Um, but it doesn't matter when you come over here. According to you, yeah, everybody else, you're just an immigrant. <laughs> and you <laughs> yeah, have to, that's you know, it, right? And until you get a credit card and spend something or have a job, you you don't exist. Right. Right. So very true. But, so yeah, I mean it was it was good looking back on it. I, did, I hated it at the time, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was good looking back on it because it's you know you get especially in retail you get to meet a lot of people. And, oh uh, yeah, you yeah, know, make imagine, contacts right? that way. And uh, but you know what, you, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there, man. You meet mm -hmm. some crazy fucking people too. You do. Like you there's do. some people there where like you meet and like either you're in training. Like okay, let me give you this example because <laughs> I've got a good immigrant story for <laughs> this you. This is going to be good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when I went to work down in uh, like law enforcement down in Texas, uh, when I moved to Texas, I was like, I got to find a job. I was looking around, you know, mm. whatever. So I get a I get a call back for this uh, investigator job. So I go down and it's like uh, you know you're working for the state. So first mm. the facilities that we're talking about here are pretty run down. Not the not the best class of. Uh, of condition mm -hmm. and i go in there and <clears throat> there's like i shit you not there's like uh there's 40 people in the class in the hiring class 38 of them are black right myself uh who's fair-skinned and then there's this other mexican girl uh who who was pretty pretty tan mm -hmm. and uh and like this is like the, the orientation so it doesn't matter if you're an investigator or a secretary you're you're lumped into the same the same group mm. so we're sitting there doing you know all the orientation shit that they do about you know benefits and this is where you go for payroll and, the, and not i swear to god not 10 seconds in this yeah. girl just goes when am i going to get paid <laughs> like and i'm just sitting there with like my fucking jaw open and i'm like what world do you like? What like what world are you in where you think it's appropriate just to yell out when am I going to get paid? Yeah, it's like you like this is the first day and you're already at. It's like the people who are like, well, okay, well, what vacation days and how many sick days are we allowed? And yeah. like it's you meet some crazy like some people yeah. who are just off the grid, yeah. like just fucking crazy. Right. And one of the first jobs I got when I came to Canada, uh, not this not this time. I've been to Canada once before, right. uh, but the last time I came up. 
I was, you know, I was a new dad and, and mm. I didn't really, you know, I came from LA and, and I didn't really have a ton of experience, uh, anything transferable to Canada at the mm. time or whatever. Uh, and so like you, I'm just like looking whatever I can get my, right. my name on. And I find this job, they say, uh, warehouse manager or something like that. So I show up and it's in this like a real shady industrial park. And I, and I should have fucking known cause there's like 40 people sitting outside. So, mm. you know, we exclusively picked you didn't come to mind when I showed up. And, and <laughs> so I'm waiting in line and they give us this big speech. This guy comes out and he goes, we're going to put you in groups and you're going to be with your group leader and you're going to train with them for a week. And then we're going to put you to our downtown office. And I'm thinking like, wow, well, this is a good, this is cool. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do this. And then they go, so we're going to send you off with the group leader to the downtown office. And so I'm like, okay. And so we start walking and she's got a suitcase, like one of the roller suitcases. Yeah. And it's me and like these three other schleps. And, and we're just following this girl. And I'm like, where, like we past the parking lot. I'm like, where are we going? And she goes, oh, we're just going to the C train station because I don't have a car. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I got a car. I mean, we can all pile in with me. She's like, no, 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 because that's like part of our business is we talk to people on the C train and stuff. And I'm like, this is for like a warehouse thing? Like, is this, what, like, what exactly is this? And then she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever it took to keep me on board with her, she mm. would tell me. She'd just lie. Mm. And I'm just like, Wait a second. Mm. I'm like, I, this doesn't, I'm not quite right. sure. Like, what? And then we're going up to the C train platform and her suitcase, fucking the wheel breaks. So it like tips over. Yeah. And a bunch of little toys fall out. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> She's fucking selling them to people, like going up on the street and selling Tinker Toys to people for like a dollar. <laughs> and this was the job I was going to have. I'm like, it was just like uh, it was just like a like a dateline like when they when the cops show up and they show you the video of you yeah. killing somebody you, the look on her face I was just like what is this and she's just like oh shit yeah oh dear god oh, like gosh. I just got busted yeah but I was just like this is like this is the weird shit that you encounter when you come to a new country yeah. and you look around and you meet some mm. people anyway I'm doing all the talking man sorry <laughs> I had to share okay. those stories with you no, but because I was I've been in your shoes is what right. I'm trying to say yeah. it's it's a real weird experience mm. how long how long have you been in Canada for 11 years 11 years yeah you must like it if you're still here yeah yeah I'm just I don't know, too stupid to give up I think <laughs> um yeah, it was uh, it was January the fifth, two thousand and five. Right. I remember the date specifically because it was shit. one of the cold, coldest days <laughs> of that winter so far. Um, they recommend that you come over during the winter because you know it's like in jumping, like it, in, the, jumping in the deep end. Right, it's like it can't get worse from here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and there are people that you know that would come over in the summer and they think, yeah, this is great. And as soon as it gets a bit cold, they kind of you know give up. Sure. But uh, yeah, I went from um, I can I can't remember. It certainly isn't. It doesn't get very low. It's about one or two degrees, right? And uh, yeah, I walked into uh, minus twenty eight. I think it was. <laughs> and you know, and I kind of I felt I got a connection flight because it's cheaper. I went from uh, London to um, Minneapolis, right? And got a connection from there, so it made it a bit of a long flight. And uh, you know, I got to the airport and I was a little bit tired. And um, it was uh, kind of late at night, maybe around midnight. And then, you know, I got to the doors and the doors slid open and that wind came in <laughs> with a windshield. The out, thought, at the airport? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew it was going to be cold, but my, you know, jet lag just went in a second. And I was like. Oh, man. That's some rough trade. Yeah. I've been in that situation before. And I think yeah. that's the one experience I think the majority of Canadians can relate to. Mm. Because they always go to like fucking mexico or something for mm. two weeks in the winter and they come back and when those sliding doors open i don't know why i'm wearing flip-flops and shorts i'm yeah. just fr fresh off the plane i know i'm getting to canada in january <laughs> but uh yeah it's just like an arctic front hits you in the yeah. face yeah that's the worst thing man yeah it, it took me uh it took me a while to get used to that uh <laughs> certainly um that night <laughs> was, was pretty cold um I went to work. I see. Uh, I, I just too. I thought I got to you know just get some money up together. Right. So uh, I went to work in this place, and I was. I remember waiting to for the bus, and I was talking to a guy who's from uh, Manitoba, where it gets really cold and there's <laughs> right. humidity and all that stuff. And uh, it was again around you know sort of minus twenty five, minus thirty, and I'm wearing every item of clothing I own. <laughs> I, I look like one of those guys who used to train police dogs. You know, it's just 
my arms are about five times Just the diameter. Around. Yeah, I'm walking around. I can't walk with straight legs. I'm walking, and uh, with a, one of those, you know, Kenny kind of hoods. You know, yeah. you just kind of, yeah. you just kind of peeping out. And there was a guy next to me. This guy from Win- uh, Manitoba. He was just in his thin jacket. He was just having a normal conversation like, it was, like he was walking down Hollywood Boulevard. Or <laughs> and occasionally he would just touch his ear with his hand because it got a bit cold. And Holy that was about shit. every seven or eight minutes. And I'm on the point of you know, hypothermia. <laughs> I think if this bus doesn't come in two seconds, I'm going to lose a toe. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's out there in his members only jacket. Yeah. And uh, without, without a care in the world, yeah. <laughs> I've listened to all of them that you've done. Have or, you? Yeah, certainly most of them. Certainly I'm honored, from man. Um, uh, Winston Spear onwards. Wow. Yeah. I listened to them at work when I was supposed to be working. <laughs> We're not recording yes, now, are we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, you've since graduated from Future Shop onto uh, better employment for those people who are, uh, who are wondering if, uh, if Paul ever made it out of the yeah. hellhole of the employment uh, yeah. racket of Calgary. But, uh, yeah, so so you so you embraced Canada when you mm. got here. You were just yeah. like, I'm all in. Yeah. What what was the draw though? Like, what was the like? What made you think of uh, Canada? Was it the economy at the time? Was it? Uh... Um. It, yeah, it was a few things. Um, I felt like I was going nowhere in the UK. Um, it was. Uh, the reason I asked though is yeah. because we get a lot of comedians that do the reverse route. Mm. We get a lot of people that go to England. To, yeah. to basically try it. Yeah, God help them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they know what they're in for. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I know uh, Brandon Cray's going to. Brandon, if you're listening, I hope he's working out. <laughs> if it's not, then don't blame me. I, I, I did try to tell you. Uh, but no, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a very expensive place to live. I think That's what I heard. Yeah. The, the weather is crappy right. most of the year, and uh, it's far too crowded. I mean, it is. Uh, uh, the UK itself is. Uh, over 40 times smaller than Canada, and now it's Holy twice shit. the population. That's crazy. It is. That many people. Yeah. The, officially. I mean, unofficially, I'm sure there's more than that. Sure. But is that is that because th- these are people that are the majority of is it, is it? Is it native? Does it swell because of the tourists? Is it because of the European Union? There's so many people in and out. Uh, it's, it's probably... Has it always been like that? Uh, yeah. Well, since... Yeah, since I... Uh, was born. I think there were probably around. Population has probably gone up, up around maybe five six million. But yeah, it's always been a fairly I, yeah. Because I think that everything people just usually hear that type of like I know for myself, mm. I've always heard these like horror stories about you know different countries. And and one of the horror mm. stories there was like the only way you'd ever own properties if your parents owned it and they died yeah. and you took it over. Right. Yeah. I've, yeah. It is very. That's is it getting probably, your foot on the property ladder is very very difficult. Wow, and uh, the tax is a lot more. There's a we have a tax called uh, VAT, is a value added tax, which, okay. which would be like the equivalent of a, you know, GST and a right. provincial tax if there is one. Sure, and that's at twenty two percent. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I mean the fuel is uh, twice as expensive. Um, wow, everything is just a lot more expensive, and most of it goes in tax. That's, right, that's a kind right. of big thing about it. Do you feel um, like you've got the same quality of life there as as you do in Canada? I mean, is oh, it, it's far better here. It is far huh? better. Yeah, well, wow. far better than Swindon anyway. We're super home from. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum and dad, if you're listening, but it's true. Um, you're gonna get stoned when you get back I, there. They're gonna drag you in the streets. And yeah, those, probably. You know, pitch, yeah, pitchforks and everything. Kill the heretics. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Frankenstein villages all over again. <laughs> so, so were you doing stand up back in England at all? No, and that's, you weren't. That's actually a regret. I, you know, there's always. I, I guess there's always a thing that most people have that you know when they do do something that they enjoy. Right. They wish they'd have done it a lot sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> you know, really, an open mic from you know where I'm from. Um, I don't. I think there's one comedy club now, but when right. I was growing up, there weren't any. Really. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's just, it's just not a it's not a regular thing that they do over there. No, no, it's not. And if you know, if there were any open mics that kind of um, encourage new people to do it, then yeah, I probably would have tried it. Which I find you know funny because like growing up for myself, I mean, the, I mean, a lot of the basis for my first thoughts about comedy were based on British comedy, mm. stuff like Monty Python and uh, Benny Hill, right. and and I remember. Growing up, my dad was a huge fan of Benny Hill. Like, right, I used to love that show. He used mm. to. I still listen to the music once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Every time there's like a good police car car chase, yeah. you just put the Benny Hill song on. The the Beethoven. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, 
I remember there's this other show. Uh, oh man, there was this guy with like orange hair, spiky. He's like a punk punk rocker, and he always wore a British T-shirt. It's a British flag. Um, oh man, I don't know if it was like the in between. No, it wasn't the in betweeners. It was. Uh, it anyway, I'll have to think of it, man. Right. But uh, it was a really popular show in the United States too. Okay. Uh, which is yeah, which was funny because a lot of it was. I mean, there's a heavily influenced British comedy. What what time would this have been? What year? Oh roughly? man, this had to have been in the nineties, probably. The guy just had. Mm. Some, I'm gonna have to look it up, but mm. yeah. Um, which is that? That's kind of foreign to me. Is that they yeah. wouldn't like the comedy scene wouldn't be as big for stand up anyway for live? Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there were comedy clubs around, but you know, you'd have to go to London or uh, Birmingham, which uh, I lived in for a year. Right. But there, were, I didn't find any that uh, were for newcomers. You know, they're, oh, they're yeah. already professionals. When I went to university, there's a, already like established shows. A, then, yeah, like yeah. a student circuit, they call it. They go around university uh, places, right, right, and do that. But they were all professionals. Oh, okay. So okay. I was, um, yeah, I didn't really get into it till well, till you know. Were past, you a fan past, of it though, growing up? Like, oh, you, definitely. Yeah, I used to watch all. Yeah. The- yeah, that show, by the way, was called The Young Ones. Oh. The Young Ones. That was a big one when I was yeah, growing that, up. Yeah, that was like 80s, you, 90s or something? That was, uh, yeah, early 80s. I that was. Um, that up. Yeah, it was, actually, I was going to mention that, that, you know, when I was growing up there, um, I was uh, born in 62. Right. And uh, Monty Python used to say, was that, uh, the first show was on my seventh birthday. No way. Yeah. Wow. 69, so so I, were you like a kid watching that when you were growing up? Or yeah, I didn't understand it. I remember my dad and older brother laughing hysterically at it, and I thought, what is this rubbish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still do. No. Um, <laughs> but there, there was a lot of uh, variety, I think, uh, when I was growing up. And um, they said it was Python. Before that, it was a thing called Beyond the Fringe. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember that one. There was, um, you, do you remember Dudley Moore? Yes, of course. He was one of the people who was in Beyond the Fringe. Really? Yeah. Peter Cook, Dudley Moore, Jonathan Miller, and uh, Alan Bennett. Wow. They, they kind of changed the way comedy was done in that right. in the kind of early 60s. And then there was a guy called Spike Milligan. I don't know if you know. No, him. no. He's an Irish comedian. He's a genius. He's a you know, um, national institution. Really? Unfortunately. Died wow. a couple of years ago. Oh, no way. Uh, he ran a show on the radio in the 50s called The Goons, which right. had uh, Peter Sellers right. as a member of the cast. So there was that kind of stuff. And that was getting... So humour was gradually changing from the musical days after the Second World War, and it was getting into this kind of a little bit more... Um, a different area, certainly. Right. It's getting a little bit weirder, some people went to it. And, you know, uh, Monty Python just kind of nudged it over the edge. Right, right. Um and then in the 70s, we got all these kind of um, misogynists, homophobic, racist comedians who, who would say things on TV that at the time was just accepted as normal. Right, right. Which nowadays, you you know, they get taken off the air. Sure. You know, it's... it's but, but back then, was that the was that the kind of the... Was that the general consensus of the population back mm. then? Were most yeah, people pretty pissed off about... About uh, things going on in, in the uh, in in their cities and towns, and these comics were kind of the 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 mouth the the speaker. Uh, I I don't think it was that so much. It was just a uh, it was just a subject that was accepted. You know, you do that subject matter, and uh, people it was just accepted. you know what it was just yeah it was just the the fashion of the day. Wow! And when you're talking about the young ones just now, there was uh, I know that we have. Uh, alternative comedy here, or well, that phrase I've heard. In Alt Northern comedy, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. In alternative comedy in Britain was probably a little bit different, and um, there was a book I just read actually by a guy called Alexi Sale, mm-hmm. who was um, there's a comedy store in London, right? And he was the first ever compare, and they would where um, alternative comedy differed then because it was just basically an alternative to those comics who did that kind of racist, misogynist, homophobic stuff. Sure. So they would just do kind of avant-garde, weird stuff. Basically, they had carte blanche right. to say, you know, you can go on, you can do what you like, but if the audience don't like you, you got to get up. Yeah. Right. And uh, the, if the audience didn't like you, they would make it very plain <laughs> that they didn't like you. They, they'd have no problem calling you Absolutely no problem at all. And... Um, so, you know, those days are pretty wild, but they came up with things like um, uh, Aid Edmondson, who was the guy you were talking about. He played the part of uh, Vivian in The Young Ones. Right, right. Rick Mayle, um, 
Ben Elton to some degree. I don't know if you know who Ben Elton is, no. but he, he co-wrote uh, three series of Blackadder. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy shit. It's, uh, he's a good comedian in his own right, but he's a far better writer. I've, yeah. I've read quite a lot of his novels, and uh, he's very, very good. Wow. Um, so there was that. Um, and also at that time, we had a show that was kind of the equivalent of Johnny Carson, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would showcase American comedians. Oh, so they'd over. go touring over there and yeah, do, and or do just shows. appear on the show. And right. they, you know, it was, a, it was the first chance for us to see these people. Like, sure. uh, Jim Carrey, I think it was his first British TV appearance was on this show. Was on that show. Wow. Yeah. But in particular, there's one guy, uh, Stephen Wright, who you may know. He's yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, punk, yeah. The guy from Boston. He's been That's around. Right. For, first time I saw him, I thought this guy's hilarious. He's <laughs> got that deadpan kind of surrealist. Mm. Thing, which kind of followed on a little bit from um, the alternative comedy. You know, one of my favorite things that I saw on YouTube recently, they kind of, this is a 25th year anniversary of the comedy store. Right. This is one guy, and I can't remember what his name was. He didn't go on to do many other things, but to give you an example that you could go on and do what you want, he went on stage stark naked, <laughs> stood sideways on. He had his hair all soaped up and punked up like a, you know, it's kind of post-punk era, sure. 81. Yeah, so yeah. his hair is kind of about a foot above his head. He's staring over his, over his left shoulder at the audience. And he's got this kind of flare thing between his legs. Right. So when he lights it, it looks like sparks are flying out of his ass. <laughs> and all the while he's singing, there's no business like show business. <laughs> Holy shit. No way. And I, I've watched that several times and I think, oh my God. <laughs> How... How much drugs can you have to do that? That is a hell of a ballsy yeah, yeah. thing to do on stage. Holy yeah. shit. You pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you set fire to him or had to go to ER afterwards, but it was hilarious. That is crazy. Yeah. So so when you came over to Canada, like, yeah. when did you start doing comedy, though? Uh, November the 9th, 2015. November the 9th, 2015. Yeah. So just like a year in, man. Uh, not even that, yeah. Not, not even that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Two months shy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. What what was the final? Because I know for myself, mm. um, and we're not that far apart. We're like 10, 10, 10 years apart or something like that. But yeah, you know, I guess on the comedy end of things, we're we're the older guys on the comedy scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not gonna, not going to get much older than me. Is that what you're trying to say? I'll just get my Zimmer frame at the corner. No, but I mean, like for for older guys. Like us, I mean, uh, to go into comedy now is a lot different than going mm. and trying it when you're 18 or 19 years old. That's true. You know what I mean? When yeah. I was 18 or 19 years old, I probably would have just bombed and, and you know been mm. a drunken fool and, and just thought I was like a Chris Farley type of a guy or something right. like that. But I think having that mm. time to develop some good stories and, and you know that mm. you've been funny at parties and people laugh at your jokes or, or you know you just talk to them in, in mm. person and they laugh. So like you know you've got solid stuff. But actually getting up there and doing it is that's a different thing when you're 40 years old or you're 50 years old. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we'd say at that time, 18, around that time, um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a musician. Right. Yeah, because you play a bass. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what well, I do now, at the time, I play guitar. And, oh, okay. Because uh, my, my older brother plays in a band too. He still plays. Oh, no way. And um, yeah, all the. Uh, all I wanted to do when I left school, you know, I I knew what I didn't want to do. Right, right. <laughs> you know, there's always careers officers saying, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I said, yeah. like, well, okay, well, I'll cross that one off the list. Right. Um, so I I studied guitar for a while, classical guitar, just to get some theory and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wanted to kind of break into it. Right. Um, which I didn't. <laughs> but uh, You still play, though, once in a I while. I still play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still play for fun, and that's you know that's the only reason why you should do it, really. I for mean, sure. If, you know, if you can make any money out of it, then good luck. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I still do that. Um, and then uh, I got the acting bug, actually. I acted for six years. No way. Yeah. I got a... They were filming uh, 1984... Near where I lived, you know the the movie with uh, John Hurt and Richard Burton. Yes, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. The opening scene where they have the uh, I think they call it the two minute hate or something like that. Right, right. They, uh, it was done in an aircraft hangar not far from where I live. No way. And uh, yeah, we got uh, 
20 pounds a day. We got five pounds out of our haircut, short back and sides. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, over, over those two days, I think, you know, as usual thing, over two days, we do about five hours work, you know. And then, yeah, the rest were just kind of <laughs> sitting around and eating and bullshitting with people. people to, you know, yeah. to get ready and that stuff. Yeah, I did, I did a similar thing for, uh, I was on Hell on Wheels, the, 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 I've seen that. Yeah, you put that clip. Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, man. That- and, and then like, there's a part of you that's just like, like, uh, like a big f you because it's like mm. uh, uh, I sat around here for you know 19 hours to to be yeah. in a, like a second of a, and, and like yeah. literally a fucking second <laughs> just of the frame. <laughs> I just like walked by, like, and I mean the entire time that show was on, I was just scanning the background the entire time. Like, <laughs> there's got like there's got to be my face somewhere. I didn't yeah. even catch myself until I rewinded it like four fucking times, and it was right absolutely horrible. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, how long did you do the acting for thing? You said but for six years. Six years. Yeah. And you used to like. Extra bits, you know, like extra parts and stuff like that? Uh, or, some or? of it was that. But, yeah, the most uh, I got from it was uh, from uh, joining a, um, a group in my town, hometown of Swindon. Um, there was a, a artistic director there who was uh, very good. Uh, she graduated from Belfast. I think she went to work mm-hmm. for the Old Vic, which is right. quite a famous school in London, in uh, Bristol, rather. Uh, the New Vic or the Old Vic, I can't remember. Um, yeah, and she... Um, she was very good. She, uh, she gave us uh, classes and things like that, which has probably got the most out of. You right. know, we, we did a lot of Shakespeare and things. We did a, you know sort of several shows during the. I was going to say, like, period. I just had this conversation with someone the other day about this, and they were like, you know, because I I went to theater school for a, yeah. year, a year, and and people are always saying like, oh, you know, like you can't do Shakespeare, like nothing of it is relevant, and I'm like, no, mm. there's a lot of discipline involved. There's a lot mm. of like, you know, there, there's, I mean, it's not just show up and start, you know, memorizing lines. Like mm. you really, there's a lot of character development. Absolutely, you got to get into the movement. You got to get into mm. speech. You got to be, you know, like mm. it's the way you pronounce things, the way that you deliver. I mean, mm. it's a big deal but i think mm. those core things like when i look back now and i'm like that probably made me better in a lot of ways having mm. to go and do those types of things right yeah interesting yeah. thing yeah and it's um as you say is a discipline and you know shakespeare of course is relevant still i mean the sure. language might change and people, people might not some of the jokes are gone right and they probably wouldn't funny in the first place i don't know <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean all the plots are still relevant i mean they still yeah i um Studied English for a while. Mm-hmm. We do these um, backtrack a little bit now, but uh, when um, when I left school, uh, I went straight out to work. I just sort of drifted into uh, the print trade. Right, didn't really know what to do. I saw this card at a job shop and went into that. So eleven years later, after I got sick of it, <laughs> I went. Uh, I went to college, and uh, we we do these things in the UK called A levels. Right, know, really, but they're basically precursors to. Going to university. So oh, if you okay. get good grades in your A-levels, then you can go to university. Gotcha. And um, I have always had this problem of choosing what I should do rather than what I wanted to. Right, right. I wanted to do English literature. And there, there was a place at um, a university in Cambridge. Right. Not part of the uni- Cambridge University, but another mm-hmm. university. And uh, I, had a, I had an offer to go there and study English literature. But uh-huh. I I also, in the meantime, thought about a career, and I went to a different university to study computer science instead. No shit. And I often wonder with how it, it would have worked out, out yeah. if you had gone the opposite way. Yeah. It probably would have been more enjoyable, but, you know, you think about your career prospects, you're probably going to be, you know, a teacher or a journalist. Or right, right. Neither of which I wanted to do. <laughs> You know, imagine trying to trying to get a twelve year old interested in King Lear. You know, I think the only time that works out for you is if you're like a professor who's young and hip and cool. Yeah, and everybody in class thinks with that the, you're with the elbow patches, yeah, yeah, the tweed jacket yeah, with the elbow the patches, pipe in the top pocket. <laughs> oh man, that's dynamite, man. So. uh <laughs> So so, how did like when did you start first developing besides the acting stuff? I mean, when did you start mm. becoming a fan, like a true fan of comedy, and getting it in your head? Like, I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, very recently, actually. I mean, so it, it wasn't something that that you were like, oh, when I was a kid, I want to be a stand up comedian. No, like it was no, not at all. No, wow. No, I want I wanted to be on the road with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, all some suitcases. If Jimmy around. Page ever breaks his finger again, I'm just going to step in, <laughs> get that low strung, 
Les Paul. I always say that. Yeah, there's like that reoccurring <laughs> fantasy everybody has where they're needed at the last minute for some yeah. emergency thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They never got back to me. I don't know why. <laughs> but no, I, I didn't. I seriously didn't th- think about comedy until actually it was late. Um, it's my university years, probably last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were doing a lot of revising, coming out of the last exams. I was getting tired of it. Right. And, um, we would used to go to the common room where the uh, comedians would come, you know, sort of touring around universities doing that. Right. And, you know, you get that feeling. I've talked to a few people and they get the same feeling and said they see someone up on stage and they're not, maybe they're not doing very well or they're not that funny. And you think to yourself, well, I could do better than that. Right, right. That's the fucking heroin right there, man. That's the one shot. Yeah, It is. And then when you get up and doing it, you think, God, this isn't too easy. (laughs) In fact, it's bloody difficult. But, and, uh, and, 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 and the funny part about yeah. comedy is like, even at that, is that like, I know like the first few times that I had gone up, I think I'd done it like four or five times. And every time I did it, I got really good success. Like I, mm. I had just put together a solid string of good performances. Yeah. And then I tried hosting because I thought hosting mm. was no big deal. Mm. And then I got up to a very cold, cold room mm. and I started firing off jokes with no mm. real structure to it. Mm. And at that point I started sweating and I was like... Man, this is a little bit different. Like yeah. it, it makes you respect the craft a hell of a lot more Absolutely. when you when you fail. Absolutely, when yeah. you don't do well, I think mm. you you really start to be like, wow, this takes work. This, mm. you know what I mean. And uh, I'm glad I did that because I felt what it was like. And you recently hosted over at one of your rooms, the the, the Cafe Blanca. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, no favoritism at all. <laughs> yeah, I run the room, so I'm going to be MC. To hell with everybody. Yeah. No, but yeah, um, yeah. That was. What was your first time like MCing as opposed to doing the stand-up oh, part? That was really hard. It's tough. It is. It I is mean, really it, tough. My motivation for doing it was I couldn't afford anybody. That sure. was that was the reason. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe a little bit of ego. I don't know, but it's, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was. Um, uh, I took on a lot bordering on too much right like doing the mc stuff um i was doing the light as well right. and i was you know getting the list up together and it was, you know where the owner or whether make sure people show up yeah make sure they know what the list they're in you exactly. know like what yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of work that goes to it yeah there is unbelievable but, uh, it, is, it is a good um it's a good thing to do as you say because you you know you're once you once you can get around that i mm-hmm. think you know the five minute slot or the ten minute slot. It's not I wouldn't say it's you know it's wrong word to say it's easier, but it's it's a lot less heavy than right. than being an MC. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I have a lot of respect for MCs, people like uh, Matt Foster and yeah. Todd Ness, who I've seen quite a lot. And then you know, the same kind of thing, you know, the, I've seen them at uh places where there's only about six people. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. sat as far away from the stage as possible. Yeah. And, you know, they're trying to get them up and they're really digging in and they're really working hard to kind of get every you know, the, the get everybody involved their brains there. are going about yeah. five thousand miles an hour trying to you know, <laughs> to know which okay, which combination can I do? Should I pick on these people or right. you know, should I do the crowd work for those? No, they're not receptive, I'll do it to this one. So, and you have to think on the fly and try and you know, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Oh really, really hard. And I have immen- immense respect for those guys and anybody that, that you know, tries to be an MC it's uh, Yeah, it's uh, there's a certain pressure there for sure. Mm. And I and I think uh like when I went up and I did the uh the uh the Yuck Yucks one, which is how mm. you and I actually met was the, yeah. the Yuck and Comers uh, championship or, or competition I should say. Mm. Um there was <laughs> the Freudian slip there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the World Series of Comedy, the Yuck Yucks uh, amateur competition. Uh so no, like like when when I was hosting there, I mean, there's an easy out. You just say you know, if you're not doing yeah. well, you just say, hey, you guys ready for your next performer? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's it. There's an easy segue out. Mm, right. and, and I think that uh, that's where I got comfortable with. And then mm. uh, just being able to say, okay, like, I don't really have to take too much of a risk here. Because if mm. I do shit, I can just bring on the next competitor right. or whatever. Yeah. But now I look back and, like, we were just having this conversation the other day. Uh I was like, you know what? I don't want to fucking. I don't want to host, man. I don't even like. I don't even want to host things that aren't even comedy related. I don't even want to mm. host family dinners. Like, I don't mm. want to host anything. It's mm. it's it's insane. And and Scott was like, "Are you sure?" Because it was a really good contest last year. Oh, it was but fabulous success. It was a great. Yeah. It was amazing. But like, I don't attribute that to me. I think it was because it was such a great group of people. Yeah. And we had such a great time. I think you're being modest there, Jake. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I look back now, though, but it's just like I don't. 
I've gotten to a place of where I don't like the pressure of, of mm. having to I, – I love comedy so much. I just want to sit back and, and enjoy it. Mm. And I love watching comedy. And, and I, mm. think, uh, I think that when I cross that bridge of going like, wow, um, I really don't like that feeling of being up on stage and things aren't going well. And you're right. just like, I'm in it now. Mm. Like I've got to – you know, mm. make this work. And right. that's a tough spot to be in, man. Yeah. yeah it's a it tough, is. tough spot. It and is. not a lot of people that are our age get into, get into a hobby or, no. <laughs> you know, like make a run at, 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 you know, something because let's face it, it's, it's always a hobby until someone pays you for it. Yes. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I got to show up. Like I, there's, there's an expectation now. Mm. And, and it's a very easy thing because there is really no such ranking as like an amateur comedian or a professional comedian. Mm. I've talked to some comedians who I consider professional and they still call themselves amateurs. Mm. And I talked to some amateur comedians that are like, I'm getting paid to do it. So I'm a professional mm. in some yeah. sense, I guess. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's a really weird subculture to get involved in, mm. especially at, 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 I keep saying at our age, but I mean, that's, that's a fact of life. The majority of our peers in comedy are younger people that are just starting out. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you and I, I mean, technically probably got into it around the same time. Maybe I was about six months before you, uh, maybe a year. Maybe. I'm not, some, I'm not sure, but even though the majority of people on that competition were not our age, they were mm. younger. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Have you found that to be – what is that like for you to be – because you're really immersed in the local comedy scene. You're you're very – you know, you, you – Well, we try to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you you got a I room. You got, you know, you got yeah. comedians that come out every week and stuff like that. You're providing spots. Um, mm-hmm. What has that experience been like for you getting into the Calgary community of comedy? Uh, from an age point of view, you mean? Yeah, I mean, just like just your experience. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are um, – I don't know. It's it's uh it's it's funny. Like like I was talking to. I won't mention his name because you know mm. I, I don't want to make embarrass him or whatever. For mm. I don't I don't think it's embarrassed. It's funny mm. that like a lot of the peers that we have are like twenty. 18, 19, and there's one the comedian that we both know, and, and it was just funny because I was like, uh, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, ah, shit, I lost my job. And I'm like, oh, mm. shitty. Yeah. And then like a week later, I'm like, hey, man, did you find a job? And he's like, no. It's <laughs> like, Fuck! I remember when I could not give a shit if I had a job or not. You know what I mean? It's like if I were to say, "Paul, you know, how's the job going?" Eh, I got laid off. I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like that's devastating. We've got careers. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But a lot of the kids that we hang out with, yeah, it's like uh, you want to go to Medicine Hat, man. It's fucking eleven o'clock on the two. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? No, I can't fucking just go to Medicine Hat just for the hell of it. You know? Right. But uh, yeah, what has that experience been like for you? But it's it's um, I don't think it's too much of a barrier i mean i i've never seen it as such i think it's just you know um they're all different styles of comedy and sure. there, there are things that uh uh that i can draw on that maybe someone younger can't right and vice versa sure or different certainly different levels of energy right yeah <laughs> you know I was, I was talking to um uh adam ruby on the way home from right. um uh one one time i mean you said you know we're, we're all we all have different styles and mm-hmm. we we can't do each other's material, even if he wanted to. Sure. I mean, you know how high energy is. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know that bit where he does the, the uh, garbage bag? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he slumps the at the back of the stage. Right. I mean, if I did that, it would take me about 20 minutes to get back up again. <laughs> you know? And the same with other people. You know, they talk about their families or their, um, yeah, or their ethnic minorities, like Matt right. Galley, who's, sure. you know, who's a great comedian. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I can talk about English stuff, maybe, but it, then again, it has to be relevant because it's no point in me just bleating on about you know stuff that's happening in the UK if, if people don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's always that thing, you know. We we often talk about stuff like that, and uh, we always say that it's all about the audience. Yeah, know? it is. What are, what other comedians think is you know it's relevant. I suppose it's worth taking on board, but really, it's you know it's just about those people in front of you. When you've got the lights on you and you've said something that, that has made them laugh. Right. That is a great feeling. I mean, all, all the other stuff is peripheral and is there any, sure. around the outside. But that's what it's about. That feeling. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you there, man. I really do. That and it is such and it's it's dangerous because it's an addiction. It really is. When you get that laugh and when someone comes up to you after the show and says, Oh man, you were hilarious, dude. And and people you don't know, like people that aren't Mm. friends of yours or family or whatever, just regular people that just come up and say, Hey, like, wow, man, that was incredible. And Mm. I know you had a ton of success in the competition and and you know, people really loved your your stuff and 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 uh so when you get up on stage, like, are you drawing from life experiences? Because a lot of your stuff is is observational comedy. Uh, some of it is, yeah, yeah. I, I tried. I uh, it's. I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I I just see things and I think that's funny to me. But how can I make it funny for someone, someone else? Right. Right. Who's you know might not think it's funny at all. <laughs> because you got a great bit about the uh, about how we've. Uh, We've digressed in the or sorry we we've uh, we've eat, like devolved from like yeah. <laughs> from like oh, it's, yeah. when I first saw it I was like this is brilliant man I love this stuff this bit <laughs> was just fantastic because it was like how we kind of we went through evolution but when we we kind mm. of fucking like went full circle with it like we, yeah, we're back we're, down we're to the chimps again, again. <laughs> well that's yeah I mean that's just from you know looking around at me and you know yeah, yeah, hearing yeah. things in the street o- often you know a lot of stuff would come from. Um, Daydreaming, which I've right. always been a, I've always daydreamed, even at school. You know, I was always that kid at a, you know, the classic, get on with your work. You know, <laughs> you know I've got a pen in the corner of my mouth looking out the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, overhearing conversations. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think that's bizarre. And I immediately get on my phone and just jot it down. Yeah, yeah. Just write it down on the note <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, I think, can I make something out of this? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. So before you took that leap though, mm. uh, getting, I'm going to go, go back to uh to you know you getting into the physical realm of comedy but yeah but um when you made that decision to do it mm. was it a motivation because people were you know always telling you oh paul you got to get up there and, and and do this man or was it just like you know what i'm gonna go up there because i feel like i'm going to i feel the need to go try this out like mm. i need to go to go calm mm. this you know soothe this itch right yeah. or or was it because you had a lot of people around you saying oh you got to go do this man like you're you're meant to do this no nobody <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no one at all. it's if so I, funny because we saw people in that competition that yeah. were like yeah uh, you know some friends from work you know wanted me to try it out right and you look out in the audience and there's like 100 people and you're like holy shit everybody mm. has been around you for ages saying you got to try this you got to yeah. try this and, yeah. and in some circumstances, it's not. It's just because you want to try it. Yeah, that was it, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, I listened to uh, Nav's podcast. Yeah, 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 And I heard my name mentioned, and he said, it's not an act. He's like that all the time. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, most of the time when I'm a worker, you know, I, 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 I'm not quite exactly, but I don't say an awful lot. I don't feel the need to kind of dominate to a conversation or, or yeah, tell yeah. people jokes. Right. Um, it's kind of more kind of absorbing, and right, then, right. then when I go on stage, it kind of comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so stuff that galley. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kidding. Um, <laughs> and, and and what is your experience like as far as the Calgary community being accommodating? Like, is it? Uh, mm. I mean, because I've always like. I always like hanging out with local comedians, you know, amateur yeah. comedians of like that, because it kind of it kind of gives me the pulse on what's happening around town. Like I mm. like knowing who hangs out with who and whose show is people doing and who yeah. killed last night and who didn't and who mm. bombed and mm. you know, like mm. I remember, <laughs> I get these I get these like funny funny messages. Like it's so funny. Like for people out there listening that that don't understand the realm of 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 the world of comedy, like and I know that every you know, industry, every field or whatever has got their own subculture of, of craziness or whatever and characters and the whole nine yards. Mm. Uh, but, but in the world of comedy, there seems to be, uh, it's just this, this guilty pleasure of mine where I'm like, <laughs> I want to like hear all the crazy shit that happens that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm stuck out at home, right? I can't, right. I'm not in the city every day, yeah. you know, going room to room watching these guys, fucking guys go. Right. But it's like, I'll get a message like, Oh, dude, should have seen, you know, Dale last night. This guy yeah. took a swing at him. Or, you know what I mean? Like, what? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I heard and about then, that. And yeah. then, like, oh, yeah, you know, Brett Forte, you know, killed last night, you know, yeah. like, doing his set. Or, or yeah. you know, Amy Bug, you know, you know this or that. Yeah. Like, whatever. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, there's so much that I never feel like I know 
what's happening. So mm. I'm always constantly tapping into people right. saying, well, what's going on? And who's hanging out with who? And yeah. and who's fighting with who? And all this type of stuff. <laughs> and it's funny because you get these like little clicks. You, right <laughs> you get these clicks of, of, of comedians that you're just like, wow. Like, I didn't think, you know, that mm. person was like that. Or mm. you hear these little stories and stuff like that. But but overall, your experience coming into it. I mean, because, yeah, you're mm. on the scene. I mean, you go, you watch people, mm. you know, you, you go out quite a bit to, to yeah. rooms. You travel out with some of these comedians stuff like that. Mm. What has your experience been like? Has it is it uh, is is it an enjoyable experience for you? Or are you like, oh, I wish I was in the Vancouver comedy scene because it's everyone's got pot out there and it's more laid back. <laughs> everyone's happy. Uh, no, uh, overall, good? overall, yeah. uh, vast majority of the time has been positive. Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember my first time. Uh, Nobody talked to me to start with. <laughs> Everybody says that. Everybody yeah. says like when they when they win, I, everyone just kind of keeps to themselves. Yeah, but I I don't think that's necessarily you know because they're, you know they're just kind of trying to push me aside or something. Right, you right. Know, trying to be nasty. I, I, I think I don't think it's it doesn't come all. from like a bad intention. I don't think so. No, yeah. no. For I mean you know when you um, when you're lining up to try and get a spot, and if you do get you know, named to you, you get a spot that night, you're thinking about your material mm-hmm. and you're going over it and you try not to forget it. And, you know, you're not always in a talkative mood. Yeah. You know, absolutely. if you are talking, you're talking to yourself. Right, thinking, right. You know, what's that? What's my opening line again? What's my opening? Okay. And then it leads <laughs> to this. Okay. And just, you know, yeah, you're and, going through that mania. Exactly. For sure. So yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of people were doing that, but yeah, I've got to know a lot of comedians in this town and, and, um, yeah, most of them are good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get groups that you know naturally gravitate to others, like you know, like kids at school. Really, been, sure. you know, you 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 know, you have your friends and you have people that you don't have anything in common with. It's right. not so much you don't like them; it's just you know from vastly different backgrounds. But um, yeah, when I meet up with people like uh, mentioned Navgali and Adam Ruby, or the mm-hmm. you know the dynamic duo as I call them, sure, uh, Scott Travis. Um, Dale Ward to some degree. Yeah. Um, we very rarely talk about anything else. I mean, we come from different backgrounds. You know, Adam's a teacher, Nav's right. in marketing. I'm in IT. Scott, I don't know what he does. <laughs> You'll have to tell me, Scott, sometime. You probably did tell me, but what is, I started what does Scott do? I know he yeah. told me once before. Too. I don't know. He gets paid for something. Is um, he like a horticulturalist or something? No, he's, he works for the city as well. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Look at me, horticulturalist. <laughs> Jesus Christ, where did I get that? One of our contestants was a Maybe that's one of his hobbies. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm like, wasn't he a scuba diver? You're like, where the fuck is he scuba diving? Like, I just come up with the craziest shit, yeah. man. I don't know where Didn't this you stuff Didn't he run a crocodile farm somewhere? <laughs> Um, fucking dead of winter. But uh, oh man, when, when we get together, even though we're from different backgrounds and you know different stages of a you know of life, basically, sure. uh, the only thing we talk about is comedy. Is comedy right from the very first minute when to the very s- last minute? Really? Yeah. You see each other, and it's all yeah. it's all about the craft. We're saying yeah, yeah. We're saying you know we're are you anywhere tonight? So, yeah, I'm, I'm at this place, or is it this place last night? How did it go? Yeah. You know, how did so and so do? <laughs> you know, it's got that kind of thing. You know, somebody starting up a room. Oh, who's that? Have you got his email? It was all that kind of thing. I mean, right. we never talk about anything else. Yeah. It is. I mean, I've you know I try to be a musician. I try to be an actor, but it. Comedy is all consuming for me. It, it, I think it about it all be. the time and yeah. I dream about it even. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nightmares, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of the people that have, uh, that has there, well, I shouldn't even assume that, that there has been, but has mm. there been anybody that has reached out to you and try to take you, you know, try to give you advice, you know, more seasoned uh, comics and, and veterans, I guess. Uh, yeah, there've been a few people reached out to me and told me to stop. Um, no, um, make me spit out my fucking cheek ball. Thank you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was just waiting for you You're to like, take You're like, oh, a it's a beautiful email from Lori Gibbs. And she's like, Paul, you need to stop doing comedy. You're like, yeah, oh, just, fuck. Yeah, just go and do something else. Will you? Yeah. Go and, go and take up hockey or, you know, dance. Oh, um, no, why well, you mentioned Lori. I mean, Lori's always, a, um, you know, right she from the word goes, so yeah. approachable and so knowledgeable and so kind. You know, she is. Feedback. Uh, sure. Yeah, she's a diamond, as we would call her. Yeah, in the old place. Um, not really man, many others. They've been kind of. I I don't know whether they just don't want to talk to me, or um, <laughs> maybe they feel like I'm older and it's just you know they don't really you know 
need advice or want to be yeah yeah. yeah. maybe because i I, you know i mean of course everybody would love to do this for a living but sure realistically i'm not going to be able to do this for a living i just want to be involved in it right right i mean certainly if you know things went down the road but you know i mean i'm 53 i'm not going to sleep on friends couches or right right. the back of a van or you know that's the same answer that i give a lot too (sighs) yeah yeah you know uh because you know i think i think that there is that that first time that you go up and you do really, really well. And then afterwards you start thinking like, I think I'm ready for my Netflix special. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready. I think yeah. I'm ready because in your mind, you've got years worth of material and tons of stories yeah. and everything that I can easily fill an hour. Mm. But again, it goes back to that. Like you know, the people that I deal with have been doing this for 12 years, 15 mm. years, 20 years, mm. and they're just getting to the point of where they're getting these types of opportunities. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, I think, uh, who was it? Somebody just recently gave me this quote and they said, it's, uh, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, you know, and <laughs> exactly. it's, it's very true, but, exactly. but I think there is that moment in time when you stop and you think like, fuck, this would be fun. This would be a great mm. adventure. You know mm. what I mean? And, and, you know, I talked to some of these comics and, and, and they're like, oh, I just, you know, came from, you know, Ontario or, or, you know, like wherever, like they're touring all over the place. And I'm just thinking mm. like, man, that'd be great to see the country. It'd be amazing to go mm. see the different crowds and meet people. And, you know, they yeah. take pictures every night and then you go on the road and you do it for a day or two and you're like, eh, I don't fucking know about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of like yeah. having a washer and dryer at my disposal and, right. and the kitchen and, and yeah. food. And exactly. you know what I mean? Like, so I, yeah, I think that's a, it's a real humbling thing when you get mm. to that place where you're like, you know what, I, I, I can't, I can't fucking do this for a mm. living. Like mm. if it was like a one shot deal where someone just came up and's like, hey man, you're doing amazing. Like you should be making a thousand bucks a show or something. Then mm. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it for mm. sure. But yeah. yeah, you're right. It takes a long time to make that stuff happen. Yeah. It does. And you that's know, really interesting though to hear you say that. I mean, like there's some people who, who, you know, not that they have delusions of grandeur, but, but just that you're like, Hey, if something happens, wonderful. But if it mm. doesn't, I'm okay with that. Cause I'm happy doing it. Just being yeah. a part of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy just to, you know, think of some material, edit it down, sure. add some bits, take some bits out, go and try it out in front of an audience to see if they like it. And if they like it, if they laugh or what something I thought of, that's the key for me. Right. Uh, then I'll keep doing it. Yeah. You know, if, if I get, I mean, I'm, ne- I'm never going to get a lot of money, but you know, even if someone <laughs> buys me a beer, I would do. I'm not bothered. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even got that yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I hear you. But, well, let's talk about your room before, before we, before we wrap this thing up here. Okay. What? Let's talk about your room. Cause you recently got into putting on your own, your own show. Yeah. Can I mention the name? Absolutely. Go All for right. it. The Snort Pilots. Well, I dropped that name. Yeah, actually, I, know. I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> I like that name. I liked it. I like the logo too. Yeah. It's a great, great logo. I don't, I don't nobody really Nobody it understood that. it or, or it well, was never like referred to that. Yeah. It was always the Cafe Blanca. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's, I, I wanted to set it up in a kind of thing. Well, this is, you know, this is the way it is, but this is going to change, you know, and it's, it takes time to evolve like sure. everywhere. Like, um, you know, Dale and, uh, Dale Ward and, uh, Spencer Strykart. Yeah. Um, I don't think I pronounced his name right. Strykart? Striker. I don't yeah. know why I'm saying I that. It's a question like he's going to walk through the door and answer me. <laughs> but, um, Spencer, if you're listening to this, we need clarification yeah, on your last name. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but it's at, uh, Juliet's Castle, but everybody calls it Hancock. Hancock Comedy. Yeah. yeah sure, sure. Um, so things evolved, and I noticed that people were starting to call it Blanca instead right. of Snowbird, and it's maybe a bit long. And the idea was that um, I, I used to text a friend of mine that I used to work with, and I, I I could make her laugh, and she would just write snort, right? And you know, like she, you know, that laugh through the nose, sure. that kind of pig nose, <laughs> you know, that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And uh, I th- the pilot thing came where. It's just like a metaphor for uh, creating jokes and seeing if they take off or not. Right. And if right. they don't, they but you know. And the original video I had was the kind, you know, the flying machines in the nineteen twenties when they got all these crazy inventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in particular who's got the jetpack and he falls <laughs> on his ass and everyone's throwing snow on his ass trying to put the fire out. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of you know. Let's let's try try something. Right. And right. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know. We had some fun. We, we try again. Yeah. 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 Well, just, just from a joke point of view. Right. And that's why I wanted to do it was because 
I know there's a lot of talent in Calgary. Sure. And there aren't enough places to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's a lot of parallels I see between the music scene too. Right. Very talented musicians in this town, but, sure. you know, the, getting a gig somewhere is very difficult. Because right. there are very few places that want to do it. So I, I want to, I remember the time, well, I say remember the time, it was only 10 months ago. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I remember the time when I first wanted to try it. And, you know, I, uh, it was a very nerve-wracking experience, probably the most nerve-wracking I've ever, experience I've ever faced. Right. And um, I wanted to provide a room where people can try things out for the first time. Mm-hmm. Not just do it a, a spot, but like um, be an MC, right? which ordinarily they wouldn't get to do. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's there's one thing that um, I, I got from Yuck and Comers, because my motivation for doing that was just to play at Yuck and Yucks. Right. I mean, it's like the Golden Shrine in, sure. in Calgary, you know, probably across the country. Right. You know, we're a, a purpose-built comedy club that you can perform at. And, you know, to go in the competition was, you know, the only way for me to do that. Right. Um, you know, I wasn't really concerned about winning all the competition. It was just a fact of getting up on, again, it's getting up on stage, telling jokes to the audience that right. laugh at something you thought of, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some of them did, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, um, so I, I just, you know, I think there should be more rooms like that where people can try things out in a kind of safe environment and just, you know, see how it goes for them. If they want to take it up, then, you know, keep going and just kind of move on to different things if they want. Right. But your room's got something a little bit different than other rooms in Calgary and the fact that it's family friendly. It is. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a lot of other rooms are like that. No, I, I don't. In I, fact, I don't know of any I other room. I don't think anybody does. No. I don't think anything where kids are welcome. No. Um, it is a cafe. And, um, it's like, because it, just does, to kind of give, give people yeah. some uh, background, uh, a great cafe down there. Mm. Fantastic place. Right. Um, very nice staff, friendly owners, yep. the whole nine yards, yep. great, beautiful looking place. Yep. Um, and it's ergonomically, it's a bit odd because it's got mm. some different, you know, it's got a room in the back and it, you know, the stage is really kind of big and it, uh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, aesthetically, it's a beautiful place. I love it. Mm. It's a, it's a great, great place. It's a great, great room. Mm. Um, but uh, was this like a, a situation where, 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 like, this is a place like you were hanging out all the time? Like, and you just thought, like, oh, this is a good idea. Like, maybe I should approach the owner. Or did you know people there? Uh, I, I played there uh, the summer before. Music. Uh, yeah, with um, a singer. Um, and I, it was just a duet with her singing and me playing the bass. Right. And um, I was think, thinking about a room. I was more thinking of the t- in terms of. I see a lot of people going to open mics hoping for a spot mm-hmm. and they get turned down. And even though, you know, really, you know, from a uh, manners point of view, you should really stick around and see other people perform and, you know, and learn right. from them. Sure. But I noticed a lot of them weren't. They were just, you know, they didn't get a spot, so they left. Right. So I thought, well, what if there was another place that they could go to? Mm-hmm. That was the idea behind it. Right. And also just to as I say, you know, give people a chance that to do things in a comedy environment that they wouldn't, right. they would never get to do because there's always somebody else who's been doing it longer or more established. Sure. You know, they can't headline at a certain place. They can't be an MC. They can't even maybe, you know, get five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to provide that environment where, you know, people can try something. Mm-hmm. I want to give them the kind of, you know, uh, the will and the, the environment where they can just give it a go. Right. Because that's what I was looking for, and you know, and I found very few places that would do that. And what has the I feedback been like uh, as far as the positive feedback? I know a lot mm. of comedians like going, and I've seen a lot of people go over there and and uh, and get up on stage. Man, it's been it's been a good experience for you. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think it's been a good experience for other people. I saw. Um I went to Oak Tree last night, Oak Tree mm-hmm. Tavern. That's a great show, man. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have any intention of going there to get a spot. I just wanted to see other people. And I right. saw um, uh, Chris LaBelle there, um, Austin Lonneberg. Yeah. Um, there was a new guy as well whose name I can't remember. He's another kind of high energy. So uh, mm-hmm. look out, Adam. <laughs> we got another high energy dude on the <laughs> Got to get scene, on those huh? energy drinks, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be lit. I don't know what that means. But um, 
Yeah. Oh, Oak Tree's a, a dynamite room. Yeah. I've, I've been there a few times. Uh, Noir Kidwai, and, and who's actually over in England right now. Yeah, I think, he or he's traveling in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and I think Eric Steele run that room. And and yeah. uh, they've they've got they've got some fantastic. Oh, they acts, do a great man. job there. It's great a great job. great place. Yeah. I've seen some dynamite sets. Yeah. I, the last time I went, I think it was Andrew Albert uh, was on stage. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Bell did a spot. Mm. And uh, Bobby Warner did some some stuff. And yeah. It has a bunch of people, man. It's a great yeah. great show. It is, yeah. Really oh, Amy Bug was there as well. Amy Bug yeah, is fantastic. She is man. very good. She is really good. Yeah. I, I've uh, it's been a really interesting uh, transition because I, I remember her meeting her along with like Brandon Craig and and that whole mm. group, Alan Cho and Ben yeah. Cannon, all that. Right around the same time, I kind of got introduced to one, and introduced to all. Yeah, and Austin uh, Lonneberg mm. as well, and mm. uh, to see them grow over the past year and a half, man, yeah. it's been incredible. It's yeah, been I mean. Incredible. Yeah, I mean they're, they're kind of like the establishment, and I'm kind of you know new kid yeah. on the block. But it's funny though, <laughs> or because, the old uh, fart on the block <laughs> or whatever it is. But yeah, but it's funny though because we were saying about how there's like this new. I was just having this conversation last night, and uh, I think it was actually with Crystal Bell to be yeah, uh, just like how's there's just like this new crop of like hybrid comedians that you guys are all kind of like yourself and nav and adam and brett and like yeah. bobby and all these people who are coming up and it just yeah it's really good stuff really witty stuff and and mm. it seems like for some reason you guys are further advanced than some of uh some of the people before you know what i mean it's just that, it's a weird you, thing yeah yeah that that can maybe be a little awkward but i, <laughs> I um i listen to so i listen to most of your podcasts and right. in particular uh, I think my well, my favorite was Mark Presidents, but yeah. a close second was uh, Laurie Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she ended by saying that, um, I think she's quoting someone else that say the only reason you should look at someone else's bowl is to see if they don't if they have enough. Right, right, absolutely. You know, and there's there's plenty of room for all of us, and we all have different styles and different mm-hmm. uh, things to offer. For sure. And um, yeah, we shouldn't really be. You know, getting yeah, each that's other. a good. Yeah, exactly. Should be like I said, man, a there's a, there's enough uh, to go around, and 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 I I honestly believe that uh, that you know I think overall I think the, the the comedy community here is is a great one. It's welcomed me with open arms, and and it's afforded me so much mm. opportunity. But yeah, but I I love it to watch people work together. I like yeah. I like seeing people get along. And right. I've always been that guy. I always want yeah. to be the peace peacemaker and, and you know yeah. build the bridges and stuff like that. So mm. I'm glad. I'm glad that you know people are. Still Starting to you know, you know cross paths and and do each other's rooms and do all that type of stuff and yeah. and uh, yeah, I think there's enough to go around. Paul, where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you if they want to come into town and do Cafe Blanca? Well, uh, I've got an email address, uh, which is probably not going <laughs> to translate very well on it. It's uh, it's from a jazz standard called Mister PC. Oh, okay. This is about Paul Chambers, a very famous uh, bass player, played with Mars Davis and all. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, which you know, doesn't really make any sense for me, but um, uh, so it's it's the full name. So M I S T E R P C one two three four at gmail dot com. Mister PC one two three four at gmail dot com. Yep, beautiful. Or, uh, I'm on Facebook. Or, Facebook I'm on as the well. Phone. Yep. Um, yeah, call me. Uh, we got spaces in October now. Perfect. Full. And this is like this is an every Monday show. It's every other Monday. Every other Monday. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually two Mondays a month because we swap with a poetry reading night, okay. which they have their different ways. Poets. Yeah. You know, they're all strange people, <laughs> without exception. One time, I just want to see a, like an all-out brawl. Like if everybody <laughs> shows up on the same night, you've got fucking mimes and jugglers yeah. and fucking comedians and painters and yeah, everybody throwing balls at each other, trying to spare each other with quills. <laughs> Someone's just yelling at you, doing poetry slam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to yeah. crush you with my satire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, Paul, thanks for coming in and doing this. Thanks man. for asking me. This is great. Excellent. It's been a long time coming, but it's very enjoyable. Yeah, thanks. we talked about this forever, and yeah. so I'm glad you finally got to come into the studio and and come and hang out, man. And thanks for the work you're doing in Calgary, because you know you, I know a lot of people respect you, and I'm one of them. And you know you you're doing a great job. That means a lot. He's, to doing, a, he's doing a great job. Great job. <laughs> That means a lot to me. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, folks, and there you have it, the interview with Mr. Paul Can. What did I tell you? Dynamite interview, dynamite guy. And uh, go check out his room, Cafe Blanca, on Mondays. Uh, Just take a look for him on Facebook. So thank you, sir, for coming on the show. 
Hey, we got a ton of these interviews coming up, and I always like to do uh, pros, amateurs, masterclass, the whole nine yards, folks. It's all right here at the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Check us out. I'm here for another three weeks back uh, on the road, uh, heading out to Toronto at the end of the month. I'm uh, going to go visit my Yuck Yucks brethren at the head office. Looking forward to that trip and lots of uh, awesome interviews, hopefully out in Toronto. So stay tuned for those. On behalf of myself, uh, your host, Jake Hirsch, and the entire crew with Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, webmaster, Camille Argue, and of course, her lovely husband uh, and uh, one hell of a talented musician, Mr. Lane Argue. Check out his website. It is in the description of the podcast. Until then, folks, we will see you next week.